This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we look for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach. I'm here with my good friend and pastor, Oren. And today we are continuing in uh, John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salem, I'm sure I butchered those, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. All right, so we are um, beyond uh, just just past the conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus in the early parts of John chapter three, and now Jesus and his disciples have moved out into what the Gospel of John calls the wilderness, you know, the Judean countryside, um, the, near the Jordan River, and they were doing baptism. Jesus was preaching. Disciples were baptizing. It says in John 4, 2, that Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples baptized. So what's probably happening is Jesus is preaching repentance. People come to repentance, faith in God, and the disciples are baptizing people. But at the same time, John the Baptist had the same type of ministry. And so they're both sort of, they coincide with one another at this time. Their ministries overlap. Previously, it was just John the Baptist who was doing this type of ministry. Now Jesus is as well. And so John's out there baptizing, Jesus is out there baptizing, and John's disciples get into a discussion, a conversation with a Jewish man about purification rites, or what does it mean to be purified? And he was asking about which baptism was probably true, John's or Jesus's or some other form. And so John's disciples are like, hey, John, Jesus is getting all the people. They're all going out to him now. We're losing people. What's going on? Like, is his the true baptism or mine? Now, I made this point in the sermon, and I said, I think Jesus and John are probably doing the same thing. They're calling people to repentance, and they're, and they're baptizing them. I don't think that their ministries were in conflict with one another. But John knew that there's only one Lord. There's only one who can save. And so John the Baptist understands that the purpose of his ministry was to point people to Jesus. And he knew that the duration of his ministry would only be so long that Jesus would, would take over essentially one day, and he was happy to do it, which I think is what he, what he says here, is that he's he's glad to hand it off essentially or take what he's done and give it to Jesus and say, okay, I prepared the way. It's yours now. It's yours forever, right? And so John's disciples are struggling with a little bit of jealousy here because Jesus and his disciples are getting all the people, and John's, as I said in the sermon, John's star is fading and Jesus' sun is rising, right? Like, like there's a a distinct decrease in John's effectiveness versus the the rise of Christ's popularity in that in that region. And 
what's really interesting here is John's disciples don't get it, but John does. He understands this is the way it's supposed to be. This is temporary. The kingdom of God is bigger than than me, but the kingdom of God is Jesus, right? Like, like it's bigger than any of us. It's not bigger than Jesus. He is the kingdom, right? It's all encapsulated in Christ. And so John, understanding this, tells them, you can't receive anything unless it's given from heaven. So my ministry, John essentially says, was a gift from heaven, but it was only meant to be for a short time. Ultimately, I am the friend of the bridegroom. I announce his coming, and then when he arrives, I disappear, and I'm happy to have done my job, however short a time it may have been. And so John is showing us, I believe, in the end, the kind of attitude we are to have about our lives and our, our ministries, if you will. Each person has, you know, people in their life that they minister to, and we share we share in our church or in our neighborhoods or whatever it may be. We have to understand it's all temporary. It's all meant to be temporal. Christ is the goal. For 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 us to to embrace this type of ministry in our own lives, we have to want people to get to Jesus, not to us ultimately. Mm. I think that's a lesson for persons and a lesson for churches as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they leave the big city. They uh, of Baton Rouge, and they head down to Amit, the Amit River, to go baptize in yeah. folks. Countryside. Yeah. That's right, countryside. Yeah. Um, did, have you, did you look up at your studies, anything on verse 25? I think there was maybe a variant on whether it's like Jews, plural, or Jew. Did you yeah. see anything on that? No, I didn't, but... Um, I was just looking at the, K, uh, the King James Version. The King James Version has the the Jews as in right. plural. So it's probably uh, my estimation or my, my interpretation would be probably a Jewish leader of some sort, mm-hmm. probably a scribe, a Pharisee, someone who probably had his own disciples, probably his own followers. Yeah. So he's probably like, Hey guys, let's go out here and see what John's up to. Yeah. And whether it's a singular person that they're arguing with it, obviously there's a, there's a whole, they're, they're coming and arguing with John and, and Jesus essentially. Yeah. Uh, about what they're doing as opposed right. to what the, right. the and Jewish tradition was. They're pro- and they say, and the reason I think John, the gospel writer, puts a Jew there mm-hmm. is to be clear that this was not, th- this was probably someone who was very steeped in Jewish right. faith and religion. Yes. So they're coming at this even with their own understanding of ritual purification. Mm-hmm. They may not right. even see what John or Jesus was doing was even valid. Right, exactly. And so there's probably three perspectives there's, there's John's baptism, there's Jesus' baptism, and there's the Jewish baptism. Yeah. So they're trying to figure this out, and John's disciples are like, okay, well, John, which one is it? Yeah. Is it us, or is it Jesus, or is it something else? Well, and I wonder if it's based on this conversation with this man or this group of individuals that, like, they hear news, they're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. Jesus has quite the crowd over right. there. Because it's like the next verse they mm-hmm. start talking about, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. Yeah. And there's some... Um, uh, ministry envy going yeah, on absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And, you know, part of me thinks that, like, maybe those that were early with John, they got in early, mm-hmm. and so now there's this sort of prestige mm-hmm. because they've been with this guy, yeah. and not, and he was doing this cool new ministry, mm-hmm. and now they're like, hey, some of our people are leaving to go with that Jesus guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we gonna What are we gonna do about that? Yeah. Yeah. And ne- never never mind the fact that just a little while back, John's announcing and proclaiming, "Behold, the Lamb of God." Yes, yeah. Right? Who takes away the sin of the world? Yes. And and he was even in chapter one where John said this, and some of his disciples took off and followed Jesus. Right. No, those are probably like the the newest members of that of that <laughs> discipleship group, right? Like, they're like, oh, it's, it's him and not you. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Right. But the old the old school guys, they've the got guys time that were there invested. From the beginning, yeah. they were giving up on their boy John, right? <laughs> And so, 
And so they weren't listening mm. to what John was saying. John, John was basically telling them he's the one. Mm. He's the one we're to be following, all of us, me included. But they were like, yeah, but but John, your ministry is waning a little bit, man, and Jesus is rising. What's going on? Like, whose baptism is the real deal here? Yeah. When we put it in these terms, it can, you know, I'm, this thought came about. We can get so tied up into our specific ministries mm -hmm. that we it's possible for us to lose sight of yep. our first love, yep. Jesus. Yep. Um, we could get so tied into efficiency, success, mm -hmm. all these other things that at first we had good motives behind them. Now we're just trying to sustain the thing mm -hmm. itself instead mm -hmm. of taking pride in when other people are bringing others to Jesus, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's easy for us to look out and see that someone else has become more successful. Mm. And I use successful in quotes because yeah. how we define that is really important. And it's, it's really vital for us to always remember that the goal is to get people to Jesus. This is what John was doing. This is what his disciples should have been doing as well. And, and where they find him and where they go to find him, um, we, may not, we may not be able to control that necessarily, right? But if they find Jesus, we should be able to rejoice. Yeah. Which I think is what John's rejoicing is. He's rejoicing in the fact that Christ has come and is doing the very thing that he was prophesied to do. Right. He's bringing people to God, which is what Jesus has come to do. And so John's rejoicing in the fact that he got to be part of that, right? But it was never about, it should not have ever been about him personally mm -hmm. or his ministry. And so we all have to be willing to fade away as long as Christ is exalted. Mm. And if for any reason we are being exalted and Christ is being covered or hidden, we're doing it wrong. Right. Right. Again, this was never meant, John's ministry was never meant to be a permanent one. In fact, shortly after this, he gets arrested, put in prison, eventually gets beheaded. I mean, John, as I said, Sunday, John died without his head in a, in a dank, dark, disgusting dungeon. Mm. Right, and thought thinking Jesus was coming to get him out. Yeah, he thought Jesus was going to break him out of jail. Yeah, and he died. And then in in Matthew eleven, Jesus says, "There's never been a man greater than John, born of a woman." Mm -hmm. So in the mind of Jesus, no one was greater. I think part of it was because John was willing to fade away in the end. Yeah, and we have to as well. I think that's really important. We have to be willing to surrender our own agendas, our own needs, our own wants for the sake of, of Christ to be exalted and praised. Mm. And so if we have a healthy view of the kingdom, it's bigger than all of us. Yeah. Right. In fact, in the very next verse, we ain't gotten that far yet, but in verse 31, John says, he who comes from above is above all. He was of the earth, belongs to earth and speaks in earthly, an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. So there, there, those words, which we'll look at next week are telling us what our mentality should be. Christ is above all. Are people coming to Jesus? Are they knowing Christ? And I think that's and that's it's hard to to um, to determine. Sometimes you can't decide that. You can't yeah. just look at someone and go, "Oh, they're they're coming to Jesus." Like it's hard to it's hard to know. Um, but that's the goal, right? Like, that's yeah. the goal. And we, in order for us, for Christ to increase, we must be decreasing, and that's the life of ultimately of humility. Yeah, it makes me think of that quote from Zizendorf. Mm -hmm. uh, preach Christ, die and be forgotten. Yeah. yeah, for real. And that, that was, which is funny because we remember his name, but yeah, well, but why? Because he, because he believed that. Yeah. Right. Like 
we remember the people that were humble and were ready and willing to be forgotten. Yeah. And the only reason we're still remembering it was because of their humility. Yeah. But the prideful, arrogant people, we forget, we want to forget about them because they didn't shine Christ. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't light the way to Jesus. Mm. And John understood in the end, I am decreasing. Christ is increasing. He must increase. I must decrease. Yeah. In verse 29, it's enough for John to be a friend of Jesus yep. and to just simply hear his voice. Yep. And I feel like that's a good um, goal for absolutely. all of us. Yeah, is, absolutely. And that, that ultimately what's, what's so crazy is that's what gets us into ministry in the first place mm-hmm. is that love of Jesus and just hearing his voice yep. and wanting others to hear it. Yep. And then over time, like we've been talking about, it can, we can lose sight of that. Yeah. But I, got, I got to do a small part. Mm-hmm. It's a really small. I think the whole kingdom and all the scope. I got to do a little small part, and I'm happy with that. Like yeah. my, my little corner, my little edge of the kingdom, I'll take it all day. Yeah. yeah. Did you do a quote in the sermon about there was some guy who um, who said Bonar? Okay. Gracious Bonar. He yeah. said he said um, I was not able to be used by God yes. until I I realized I was never intended to be a great man. Yeah. I'm like, dang, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a great man. I just want to be faithful. And right. like, if God raises up a man to be great in the eyes of others in order for Christ to be exalted, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He raised up John to do this work. He's raised up countless others to be used for his glory. If that's what God wants for me or for anyone else, praise God. I'm not going to go seeking it for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not what John was. John was a seeking for and himself. And in fact, seeking it for yourself will... you'll. End up being of no use. You will be. You will get in the way. Yeah, you will right. inevitably get in the way. Mm-hmm. And so the the humble, those who are willing to be used, have to understand it's not for me to make myself a great man. It's only by the gift the gift of heaven, as John says, that we are useful in the hands of God. Humble vessels can be shaped and molded to be useful in the hands of the Lord. If we try to make ourselves into something that we were never intended to be, we will be of no use to God. So if you, if you want to take away from this, it's an, an active um, way to apply this every day, every morning when you wake up, your mantra, your, your theme should be, I must, I must decrease, he must increase in my life. Mm-hmm. And others will see that in time. They will notice the increasing of Christ in your demeanor, in your words, your deeds. And that means you have to be decreasing in order for that to happen. Yeah. And you know what's funny? My pride, my ego will say, I've done this for a day and yeah. nobody's noticing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, decreasing all day, 24 like, hours, are baby. We there yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, I decreased all day and nothing happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll try again tomorrow, buddy. Yeah. And give it a week, give it a month, give it a year, and then we'll see. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That so, feels like a good place to end. Absolutely. Praise God. Until next time, Lord, turn our eyes to Jesus. Mm-hmm.